Today I'm joined by Rodney Bickerstaff, former leader of Britain's largest trade union, Unison, and former president of the UK National Pensioners Convention. Rodney currently chairs the Global Network, which works with organisations in Asia, Africa and Latin America, and is also the president of War on Want. Today he receives an honorary Doctor of Laws. Congratulations on um, receiving your honorary degree. Um, what does this mean to you and how does it make you feel? Well, it makes me feel great. I mean, first of all, it's Warwick, and throughout my career I've studied Warwick papers, used some of their research and industrial relations. You know, I started with the Union in 1966. I, I knew Jack Butterworth, you know, the, the degree ceremony was in Butterworth Hall. Uh, Jack and I, um, I think we got on pretty well. I didn't believe anything he ever said, and he never believed anything I ever said. We were in national negotiations in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, so we, uh, we got on fine. I knew where he was coming from, and vice versa. So uh, the fact that it's Warwick, and that this is a centre of excellence so far as industrial relations concerned, obviously it's a great, great honour. Uh, and it also, of course, is a place where... Uh, Many of my old friends have been uh, either as uh, uh, students or as uh, teachers. And uh, so that's, yeah, I say it's a bit of a feather in my cap that I can look them in the eye now and say, sort of, well, I went to Warwick too. Secondly, of course, I chaired the Modern Record Centre here at Warwick, which is the gem stone uh, in the uh, jewellery, if you want, of, uh, of Warwick. Uh, a great, great institution, nearly 13 kilometres of archives. It's still not used as much as it should be by uh, uh, students and graduates here, uh, but increasingly with digitisation, you know, we're getting thousands of hits on the website and it really is a wonderful, wonderful uh, institution and uh, it ought to be cherished by Warwick. So a great day, great day. You're well known for your trade union work, um, but could you tell us a bit more about your work with Global Network and War on Want? Yeah, well, when I retired, I retired after 35 years with the union and I retired early in, that, in a sense. And I thought, well, I should be doing something. And so I went into this international sphere, not in terms of aid, uh, which, of course, is massively needed. Much of it governmental, of course, you know, the big arguments about whether we should have 0.7% of the national budget pushed into developing countries. Uh, much of it, of course, from uh, voluntary and charitable work. Uh, that's all very interesting uh, and very proper and, uh, and magnificent, but I wanted to be involved in, if you want, raising the political agenda, you know, between the rich of the world and the poor of the world. A, in avoidance of wars uh, in the future, and B, uh, in avoidance of economic wars, uh, which, you know, are almost as bad and obviously eventually lead on to something far worse. So the work is involved with education. It's, it's involved with trying to get people um, uh, up to the mark in terms of uh, uh, the World Bank and the, uh, all the institutions uh, of the United Nations level so that people in Africa, Asia, Latin America, South America can challenge those people who come in and say, this is what we think you should be doing with your economy. This is how we think you should solve unemployment. And yet those people haven't been um, given the tools to argue back. So we've been doing lots of that. And of course... Uh, Things like, um, if you want, the, uh, the work chain, some of the big shops on the high street selling cheap goods 
uh, but it's on the back of people across the world who have been cheated out of their birthright, forced to work 70, 80 hours a week, paid very, very little. So it's a continuation, in a way, of my union work, which is about here in the UK in particular, but internationally as well, uh, about uh, poverty and about the need to do better. If we want a world where um, there's going to be um, at least some degree of peace, there has to be more justice and there has to be more fairness. How important uh, is it that young people, especially graduates, get involved in trade unions? Well, I, obviously, I think it's very it's essential, in my view. First of all, a country that doesn't have free, independent trade unions is not really a democracy. Uh, and so if you remember the blessed Margaret Thatcher, who uh, she and I were sort of closest of friends, uh, her view was that she wanted free trade unions everywhere in the world, but so far as I'm concerned, she didn't want them here in Britain. Seven major acts of parliament disabled the trade union movement. Uh, there, there were 12, 13 million trade unionists, and there are now perhaps 7 million. So the starting point, out of a population of 61 million in the country and a workforce of about 30 million, is quite small, you know, it's a quarter, um, less than a quarter. So there's a lot of work to be done in terms of numbers. But unless graduates, and unless anybody joins together in a group, it's the old fascist argument, you know, the fasces, the bunch of uh, twigs, if you put them all together you can't break them. It's exactly the same, the trade union line. If you stand together and you work together collectively, you've got a chance. If you stand on your own, you'll almost certainly fall on your own. That doesn't mean to say that uh, trade unions always win. They don't, as we well know. But just because you're a graduate, just because you've got three degrees, uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the employer, uh, pushed by capitalist forces, if he chooses, will just say, well, you're gone, or we'll treat you less than you uh, deserve. So we say, yes, stand up for yourself. You're only here for 70 or 80 years, and um, you've got to do the best for yourself that you can, as well as trying to do the best for your uh, brothers and sisters, shall we say. Um, we've seen quite a bit of uh, direct action strikes, such as uh, Lindsay, um, do you think as the recession goes on, this will be a more regular occurrence? Well, I think it's certainly possible. Um, when you've got full employment and when uh, wages are reasonably high, I say reasonably because they're very rarely too high, unless, of course, you're an, a banker or you're a director of a company and you're stuffing your pockets whilst being hypocritical and telling your workers that they can't get more. When you have a recession when you have trials and tribulations of uh, will I be employed tomorrow or I've been made unemployed last night, obviously these tensions build up in the workforce and um, you could expect that there would be more industrial relations problems. Whether that would necessarily be strikes, you can't be sure. But it's certainly a possibility, if not a probability, and uh, these are difficult times. And I don't think it's going to be a short period either. We've not sort of dived into a recession and then it's going to be okay. Many graduates have come out in this year, 2009, will find it difficult to get into the jobs that they want. It may be difficult even to get into the careers that they want for the time being. And uh, so yeah, it's not going to be fun. But if it's uh, bad for graduates, imagine what it's going to be like for people who've got very little education. So I would certainly not say, well, this is any reason not to go to university or to college or to higher education. Uh, just the reverse. The chances are much better over the lifetime and in the short term.
but it's not going to be easy. Some research uh, published yesterday suggests that the government were encouraging um, the credit binge to relieve the burden on um, pay, uh, paying for the ageing population. Um, what do you think of this? I think that's probably not true. I think it's certainly true that uh, not just the government, but almost everybody thought, hey, make, uh, hey, well, while the sun's shining, and uh, lots of people filled their pockets and the boots and anything else they had with them. Um, and, of course, even those at the bottom of the pile, if they were employed and they were getting uh, you know, uh, enough to get by, would probably say, well, you know, let, what, whatever's happening at the top or halfway up the ladder, you know, I'm not really bothered, I'm in a job and life's not too bad. So in a sense, everybody uh, saw this building up, but closed their eyes a little bit, crossed their fingers and hoped for the best, thought this was nirvana, heaven, you know. Uh, and of course that wasn't the case, but to su suggest that this government or any previous government actually did it to undermine state provision, I think that that's not true at all, especially when you look at the vast increase of public spending over these years, you know, 40 billion into the National Health Service just as, as an example. What we have seen, and which is sad about pensions, not least for new graduates, is that... Um, we always thought that pensions were, in, if you want, deferred wages, that you paid 6% or 7% into your pension scheme, your employer put 10%, 14%, even more, and that at the end of your working life, you had a reasonable pension, if not a really good pension, especially if they were based on your final year's salary, which for graduates usually is the highest. You know, not necessarily if you're a, a labourer and you're fitter at 21 than you are at 51, if you take my point. Um, but of course, week after week, month after month, year after year, over the last decade, um, employers have closed down those final pension schemes, not for themselves, I hasten to add, uh, but for new workers, and increasingly, I think it's probably going to be for current workers. So you're actually in a pension scheme, and then they say, well, sorry, as from next Tuesday, it won't exist. What you've earned so far, you'll keep, but you won't have anything else in the future. And when you think that of the 61 million people in this country, um, 11 and a half million uh, are over pension age already, probably in excess of 22, 23 million uh, over the age of uh, 50, uh, we're going to have huge, huge problems. And uh, there are mums and dads, our grandfathers and grandmothers, aunts and uncles, and we really ought to get a much, much better way of working out how are we going to look after the elderly, because as sure as eggs is eggs. Uh, it's not just death that's coming to you. If you live long enough, you'll be old. And if you're old, you have specific issues. And uh, we ought to be saying, look, we're all going to be in this position. Let's look after ourselves. Young and old gathering together. It makes sense.